can I serve a God and then betray him by leading others against him?
the beginning and thank you god god we just thank you for
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some people wonder why we sing songs like that. Awesome is because we have an awesome God. And in case you have not gotten in touch with or been in, in tune with that awesome God, maybe you haven't had to ask him to do anything for you. But for those of us who have asked him to come into the midst of our lives, those who have asked him to intervene in certain situations of our lives, know that he is an awesome God. He showed up in the time of our trouble. He showed up when we needed him the most and we discovered him to be an awesome God. People wonder why we praise God, why we shout, and why we do the things that we do in church. It's because we have seen God with our own eyes, and we've touched him with our own hands, and we have understood that he's an awesome God, and he will move in your situation. I'm blessed and thankful to have God in my life. I'm blessed and thankful that God is blessing each and every one of us, as he always does. Amen, amen, amen. In John chapter 6, verse 66 to 71, reads, At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus said, I chose the 12 of you, but one is a devil. He was speaking of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, one of the 12 who would later betray him. Amen. Amen. Again, I want to share today from the subject of where has the church gone? Where has the church gone? Today we're, we want to talk about the elephant in many churches. The decline of church membership. Church attendance has been falling for some time and the question is why? There are so many reasons that people give as to why they no longer attend church. The church is not relevant anymore. The church no longer meets the, and addresses the needs of my life. But again, the question is, why is the church attendance falling? You see, the church is filled with hypocrites as one of the answers that people give when they talk about the attendance of the church falling. But I've always questioned if the church is filled with, with so many hypocrites and, and if the church is filled with, with so many people that are just playing the part, where is the true church? Christianity is not for black people, is what some people have said. I don't like the direction that the church is going, is what some have said. Some people have said that the pandemic is what's causing me not to be in church. And yes, that answer that many give, because the church is all about money. These are some of the things that people have said that why the church is declining, why people don't attend church anymore. 
But if you look at some of the studies, you'll find that even when it comes to the pandemic, there was already a decline in the church before the pandemic came along. The only thing that the pandemic did was speed up or increase the decline that was already happening. And now the challenge is getting people back inside of the church. The challenge is now getting people to re-engage again in the in-person worship experience. But I began to wonder, and I know other pastors have, and, and some of us have wondered as well. When people say that they don't want to come to in-person worship and, and that they don't feel comfortable or, or safe coming to in-person worship, but then that same person will take a trip to Cancun. That same person will take a trip to Hawaii. That same person will take a day trip with their girls or their boys and go out of town. But yet we can't come to church for worship. But none of this surprises God. None of this has caught God off hand. Because God said himself in his word, there will be a great falling away. Even in his word, he said there will come a time of great apostasy. If you look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, you'll find that there that he's talking about what the King James Version calls a falling away. And some of the other versions, the NIV and the ESV and the NLV, the New International Version, the English Standard Version, and the New Living Translation, call it rebellion. The word translated rebellion or falling away is apotasia. And this is where we get the word apostasy from. And apostasy, apostasy is just a defection from the truth of God, the Bible, and the Christian faith. Every generation faces apostasy. Every generation has apostasy happening within it. Every generation has defectors that are coming away or moving away from the faith. But what happens when the defection is worldwide? What happens when the rebellion is worldwide? This is what the Bible is talking about when it talks about the great falling away. When there is a worldwide falling away. When there's a worldwide rebellion to God. You see, the church contains those who leave, those who stay, and those who betray. And we must be those who stay and encourage others to stay as well. If you look at that text that we have before us today, and if we began to look at that 66th verse, you'll begin to see that it says, at this point, many of the disciples turned away and deserted him. That lets me know that we have those that leave. Yes, we have those that leave the church, those who leave the body of Christ, those who leave the fellowship of the believers. Well, Jones, people leave the church all the time, but that's not what's supposed to happen. We are supposed to be disciple makers. We're supposed to be bringing people into the church and equipping them with the ministry, understanding that they need, and then they go out and bring others in. But yet what seems to be happening is there's a decline. It seems to be that the world is winning more of us than we are of them. But I began to see and understand from that 66 verse. But if you go back and read that text later on tonight and began earlier in the chapter, go back to the beginning of the chapter, you'll find that the teaching was hard. 
many of us find ourselves leaving or moving away from the church when things or the teaching becomes hard. What do you mean, Jones, the teaching becomes hard? Yeah, when the teaching becomes hard, when the pastor starts to come down your road, when the pastor starts to hit where your area of life is off course, when that thing starts to happen, it says the teaching begins to be too hard. And then we begin to bring up those other things that I talked about earlier. All they talk about is money. No, somebody talked about the issue that we may have been caught up in, and instead of dealing with it, and instead of facing it, and instead of taking the hard truth and changing, we began to say that I don't need to be there anymore, and we decide to leave. Hallelujah. The teaching was hard for them. The, the teaching became too hard for them, and they said, we're out of here. We're no longer following Jesus. And, and that's what some people have said. I'm no longer following Jesus. But the truth of the matter is they won't tell you is because things got too hard. Things began to get too difficult, and I didn't want to change. You see, they had no problem when Jesus was feeding the 5,000. They had no problem when, when he was walking on water. They had no problem when he was there and, and he began to feed them. And they said, Lord, do this again. They had no problems with that. But when he started to talk about being the bread of heaven and, and it came a problem for them. When he started talking about, I need you to draw closer to me. I need you to fellowship more with me. I need you to really connect with me. It became a problem. And that's what happens with us a lot of times. When the truth of the matter is, when we start to have to grow, when we start to have to really connect with God and really connect with Jesus, it's when we make the choice that I don't need to be a part of this any longer. And we are those who leave. The text goes on to say that they grumbled. If you go back to the beginning again of this chapter and you begin to read through and you'll find that when Jesus began to talk about being the bread of heaven, when he began to talk about you got to partake of my flesh and drink of my blood, they began to say this is too difficult. He's talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. But simply what Jesus was trying to get them to understand and see is you got to learn to connect with me on a deeper level. You got to learn to fellowship with me. You got to learn to partake of who I really am. As long as I'm providing things, you're okay. As long as I'm blessing, you're okay. But the minute I ask you for some truth, the minute I ask you for the hard thing, the minute I ask you for a deeper walk, then we have a problem. Why is it that we don't have an issue when we ask God for something and he blesses us, everything is good? Why is it that when God, we're needing God the most and we ask him to show up in our situation and he shows up, everything is good. But the minute God says, come closer, the minute God says, put that down so that you can have a deeper walk with me, we start to act like we don't lost our minds. I don't need God anymore. I, I, I'm done with that church stuff because they're asking too much. All he's asked you to do is have a deeper walk with him. All he's asking them to do is come closer to him. But they grumbled and complained instead. And they became offended at what Jesus said to them. How many times have people gotten offended in the church? I don't know who they're talking to. But the truth of the matter is, Sometimes we need that hard word. Sometimes we need that hard word to come and hit us. Sometimes we need somebody to tell us about ourselves. Amen. I know it's not easy to take, but, but sometimes we need somebody to really tell us where we are in life. Because, you know, we fool ourselves sometimes. 
We think we right and high and mighty. But if the truth be told, we're not. We think we're on the path of, of thy kingdom and we think that we are floating on a cloud. But the truth of the matter is, we may not be. And we need that hard word sometimes. We don't need to get offended, but we need to understand that God is trying to get our attention and draw us closer to him. But the reason they were challenged like this is because they were simply looking at what Jesus was doing for them and not looking at the spirit of what was being done. God was using Jesus to work miracles in their life to show them that you need a deeper walk, a closer walk with me. I can do other things in your life that are more beneficial than just giving you food. I can do other things in your life that are more beneficial than you just having things. I can give you the walk that will have you empowered. I can give you that walk that would have you showing others the way. I could give you that walk, but all you want is the things. And when it gets hard, we've got to learn to stay and not leave. But there are some of those who leave because it got too hard. And then if you look at verse 67 through 69, he says, Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe, that you, we believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. Well, not only are those that leave, but there are also those who stay. When you look at those who stay, it's a, a lesson for us. But when you look at what he says there, will you go away also? Jesus understood that there are some who are leaving. And here's the thing that challenged me. When it says that they left Jesus because things got too hard, you notice that Jesus didn't stop them. Jesus didn't say, where are you going? Jesus didn't say, let, let's, let's see if we can fix it. Jesus didn't say, well, well, let us see if we can change what we're doing that you'll be a little bit more pleased. He didn't stop them. And it challenged me for a minute because I was sure that that's probably what Jesus should have done was to stop them from leaving. But it helped me to also understand that when God puts a standard down, he doesn't change or move from his standard. And the thing is that sometimes what we are understanding in the church today is, is sometimes we get to the habit of we want the church to change for us rather than us change for the church. Now, let me help you here because I know I'm using the word church, but I'm not talking about this building. I'm not talking about the organization or the, the denomination that we belong to necessarily. I'm talking about us because we are the church. And, and, and when you talk about the church and they said they left the church, they left the fellowship of other believers because it got too hard. But sometimes we want the fellowship of the believers to change so that it will make me more comfortable. Amen. We can't get concerned about being comfortable in our sins. We can't get concerned about being comfortable and, and, and having everybody else cater to us. We got to learn to meet the standard that God set. Jesus did not stop them from leaving. He said, this is the standard. And they began to walk away. He did not stop them from leaving. And in fact, he began to look at the other disciples and he looked at them and said, will you leave also? But thank God you got those who stayed because they recognized Jesus for the Lord that he is. He said, Peter, again, Peter always seems to be that spokesperson. He said, 
Lord, to whom would we go? I'm glad that he come to the understanding and, and those that remained with him had come to the understanding that they've got nowhere else to go. I know the world will tell you, oh, you've got all kind of places you can go. We can go to brunch instead of church. Amen. We, we, amen. We can, go, we can go to the movies instead of church. We can go all kind of places instead of church. But here's the key. None of that is going to transform your life enough that you can meet the standard that God has set. None of that is going to help you to get into the kingdom of God. And I know even at that point, there's some people say, well, I'm not even concerned about getting into the kingdom of God. That helps me to understand, you know, we don't really know sometimes what we should know. Because if we have the, the word of God in us like we're supposed to, it tells us that we would miss the kingdom of God if we don't have a true relationship with Christ. If we would miss the kingdom of God if we're not honoring God and the standard that he set. If we would miss the kingdom of God. And if we miss the kingdom of God, we're on our way to hell. I know the people don't preach like that anymore, but maybe it's time that we get back to that. But if we don't accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, hell is our destination. Amen. If we chose any other way other than that of Jesus Christ, hell is our destination. We have a destination that is set by Jesus Christ, and the only way to get there is through the Son. He said, nobody comes to the Father except through the Son. And the only way that you come to the Son is by the calling of the Holy Spirit. And when we come to the Son and we accept the Son for who he is, because he is the Lord of Lords and he is the King of Kings. And because of who he is, I accept him for who he is. Just as Peter says there, you are the Lord. Whom would we go? I know I've got nowhere else to go. If I want my soul to be saved, I've got to come to Jesus. If I want to have my life transformed, I've got to come to Jesus. If I want to have a transition in the things that are happening in my life, I've got to come to Jesus. If I want my transit, my world to change around me and for things to turn for the better, I've got to come to Jesus. I know people think that they're living and your friends tell you that they're living. But really, really, deep down inside, they know they're not. Deep down inside, they know there's a part that is missing from them. And that part is a relationship with Christ. That part is that connection that brings them into a right relationship with God. I don't know about you, but the day that I got saved, that void was filled. The day that I got saved, my, my issues was, may have still been there, but I now have some hope. I now have an understanding that I've got somebody fighting on my behalf. I've got an intercessor sitting at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And that's where I put my hope and my trust. That even when trouble comes, I've got a Jesus that will speak on my behalf. Even when trouble shows up, I've got a Jesus there, there arguing my case before God. And yes, even if I sin and mess up, I've got a Savior that says, Father, it's under the blood. It's covered by your grace. All because I've got a relationship with yes. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Yes. Amen. And Jesus is helping them here. He put the disciples in a position where they had to make a choice. And they came to the conclusion there is no other choice. You're the only choice in life that we could truly make. There is no other place that we could go. And notice what they said. Because you have the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. In him was the truth and life. 
When you understand that the words that Jesus speak, the word that we read in our Bible are the truth of God. The words that we read in our Bible will bring you life. And not only life, but everlasting life. That's what many of our friends miss out on is everlasting life. See, they think life is all about what they're living down here and how they're living down here. Amen. And, and, and I, I may be a little dated here, but, you know, y'all talk, ladies, y'all talk about them Birkin bags and, and stuff like that. And that's living. If a man can buy you a Birkin bag, amen. If you can drive Maybox and all that kind of stuff, amen. They call that living, amen. If you got all the nice gear and all that stuff, they call that living. If you got all the shine and the bling and all that stuff, that's that called living. That's not living. Because half of us walking around with that stuff can't even afford it. Amen. And see, here's the thing. We talk about the church being all about money while the world is robbing us blind. And guess what? You freely give it to them. Amen. Amen. Because the world just show it to you and you say, I got to have it. The church said, well, we want to collect tithes and offerings. Oh, they always talking about money. Always talking about giving money. But it's kingdom business that we are doing. But when you start talking about these things, these worldly things, and, and that's what Peter and them have the understanding. They weren't caught up in the things. They weren't caught up in the, the feeding of the 5,000. They weren't caught up in Jesus walking on water. They had been with him. And that's the difference when you just doing church from the outside and you're subject to be one of those that leave and you don't do church the way that you should do it. And that's why we've got to learn to do church the way that God has called us to do it. And that means that we've got to live up to his standard. It's a weak amen, but it's his amen. <laughs> to understand this, their faith is true. When we stay, it's because our faith is true. We don't have faith in the things, and, and that's what a lot of people are following God because of things. Amen. I want to be blessed, so I follow God. But the minute the blessings don't come, there's a problem. The minute things don't work out the way that you expected them to work out, there is a problem. That's why when many of us are believing deeply for God to do something and it don't go the way that we want it to go, we immediately become challenged. What am I going to do? We immediately get in our feelings. They said God would never leave you nor forsake you. God will always answer your prayers. Yes, no, or not right now. We sometimes don't like the answers that we get. Unless it's yes, we don't like the answers that we get. But he will always answer our prayer. The thing is, we got to become like Peter and them and say, we have nowhere else to go. We have no one else to go to because you have the words of life. And he said, we believe and we know you're the Holy One of God. When we come to that conclusion that he's the Holy One of God, we won't leave. If we come to that conclusion that he's the Holy One of God, we'll stand. If we'll come to that conclusion that he's the Holy One of God, trouble can be breaking loose all around us, but I'm serving the Holy One of God. I know it don't look good right now, but I'm serving the Holy One of God. I know things seem to be going all against me, but I'm serving the Holy One of God. I know that others are leaving, but I'm serving the Holy One of God. They came to the point that they were going to stay because they realized who Jesus was and that they were serving the Holy One of God. 
But it's kind of like the gospel. There's bad news, good news, and then there's more bad news, though. There are also those who betray. Notice what it says in verse 70 and 71. Then Jesus said, I chose the 12 of you, but one is a devil. He was speaking of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, one of the 12 who would later betray him. You got those that leave, those that stay, and then you got those that betray. These are probably the most dangerous people in the church because they follow with an agenda. They follow with an agenda. And guess what? It's not God's agenda. And that's why you have some people that are in the church. They didn't leave. They stayed. They're in the church, but they show that they have a different agenda than God. That's why when you have sometimes disruptions happen in the church, or you have people causing conflict in the church, it's because they've got an agenda. Notice that they didn't leave but they are in the church. They've got an agenda and it doesn't meet God's agenda. I'm changing, I'm saying no name to protect the innocent. <laughs> yeah, right. There have been times when I have seen with my own eyes, people who are causing problems within the body of Christ. It's not God's way for you to cause division and strife in the body. It's not God's way for you to lead other believers against one another. But simply because I'm not getting my way, simply because I'm not in the position that I want to be in, simply because I'm not being honored the way that I should, I cause problems in the church. I cause a betrayal to happen. When you are in the church and you're leading other believers against other believers or you're leading believers away from the church, you're causing a betrayal against your God. How can I serve a God and then betray him by leading others against him? How can I serve a God by having my own agenda and not following his agenda? And in case you thought that we didn't have an agenda, you got one in Matthew 28. The Great Commission. To go ye therefore seeking and teaching and baptizing in the name of the Lord. We have a mission to go out and bring believers in to help them to grow in the faith and to grow in their walk with God and not lead them astray or not have our own agenda in the church. The disciple that he had with him was more of an enemy than a true disciple. We have to ask ourselves, am I an enemy to the body of Christ or a true disciple. Judas Iscariot was with him. Judas Iscariot walked with Jesus. Judas Iscariot was one of the 12. Judas Iscariot is right there. But if you remember in the text, and for those of you who don't know the story, let me help you know the story. <laughs> Judas, at a time, when they were collecting money and, and, and Jesus got the money or they got the money and they said that, why are you wasting that perfume? Could have sold that. It said it was Judas Iscariot who raised an objection because he had the money bag. 
And one of the translators said he was stealing from the money bag. He's with Jesus, but he's stealing. He's with Jesus, but he's not concerned about the ministry that they were engaged in at the time, but what could go into his pockets. Hallelujah. And let me help us here. It's not always just the people in the pews that are betraying. Sometimes it's the people in the pulpit who are betraying. Amen. Because sometimes it's the people in the pulpit who are more concerned, and I know you've heard this before, they're more concerned about the pockets and the money going into the pockets rather than the souls being saved, changed, and transformed. When we understand that we can't have our own agenda and that sometimes we can operate more of an enemy rather than a disciple maker. We got to make sure that we are leading people to a true walk with the Lord. I'm not asking you to follow me. I'm not asking you to, to come and, and make your allegiance to me. You make your allegiance to God. You make your allegiance to Jesus Christ. And you follow him. And as Paul said in Thessalonians, you follow me only as you see me following Christ. I, I don't have any place to lead you to, but my father has a place to lead you to. And I lead you to the place that my father has prepared. My big brother Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And when I go there, I'll come back and take you back to where I'm going. I, I, I've got a place, but it's not the place that I designated. I, I got a place, but it's not the place that I came up with. It's a place that God came up with. It's a place that God has ordained for his followers, his believers. And that's the place that I want you to go. And it's not because I want, it's because the father said he wanted you there. It's the father who said, in my kingdom, I have many mansions. It's the father who said, those who are coming to a right relationship through my son, Jesus Christ, will inherit eternal life and they will inherit the kingdom of God. I promote what my big brother Jesus promotes. I promote what my heavenly father promotes. I don't have an agenda. My only agenda is the father's agenda. My only agenda is the Jesus Christ that I serve agenda. That is the only agenda that I have. I didn't come up with it. They did. And I, and I want us all to live and follow that agenda. I want us all to live and govern ourselves by that agenda. The one that Jesus Christ laid down. And listen to this. Judas was a professed follower, but a hypocrite. He was a professed follower, but a hypocrite. And I know we've seen some. Don't look around. They professing to be saved. They professing to love the Lord. But they're hypocrites. And that word hypocrite means that you're playing the part. Back in those days, there was people who put on a mask. And you played a part. That's what we sometimes find people doing in the church. We are playing the part. And some of us are good actors. Amen. We can play the holy role good. We can play the role of being a saint good. But as soon as people turn their backs, there's another us. We got to learn to be true professors of Christ. We got to learn to be true followers of Christ. We got to make sure that we're not just professing to be a follower, but we're actually possessors. We possess a true relationship with God. We possess a true knowledge and understanding of who God is and a desire to follow him, a desire to serve him, a desire to please him. When we come to that place, we'll go back to being those who stay for the right reason. 
There are people who leave. They leave because things get hard. They leave because it gets challenging to be committed to a good God and challenging to be committed to Christ the way that he wants us to. There are those that stay because we understand and realize who Jesus is, that he is Lord, that he is the one only and holy true God. We are those that stay because we have a right relationship. We are those that stay because we want to serve God and serve him only. And then there are those who betray. Let's make sure that when we run into those who betray, that we help them to understand that we see them for what they are. And that we need to tell them that we have an agenda, and it's an agenda of the Father and not your agenda. We need to tell them and to help them to understand we don't need enemies in the church. We need true followers and disciples in the church. We need true followers and disciple makers in the church. We don't need any more professing hypocrites in the church. We need true believers, those who will truly walk with God. So I encourage you, yes, sometimes things get difficult in the church, stay. Sometimes things don't go the way that we desire to stay. Sometimes, it, yes, it gets real challenging, and sometimes we may even experience some hurt. Stay. I'm not telling you to stay when somebody's abusing you. Amen, let me clear this up. I'm not telling you to stay when somebody's abusing you. But you know, our feelings get hurt over the least little thing. Stay. Because all we do is run from church to church, hurt to hurt. Stay and watch God begin to move, work it out. But again, I ask, where has the church gone? I pray that we can be the people to say the church is right here because I'm choosing to stay. The church is right here because I'm choosing to be a true believer and a true follower of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Maybe there's one here today that you have not made your election and calling sure. You've not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Today is a day that you can say, I'm going to stay with Jesus. Today is a day that you can say, I'm going to be with the Lord. I want to walk with God. I want to have a true relationship with him. Or maybe you're here today and you don't have a church home. Wesley would be a great place for you to come and worship. A great place where you can come and give your life to Christ. A great place to come and, and be a part of the fellowship of believers. We are stayers here. Come and be a part of this fellowship as we engage in the work of God. Is there one? Salvation, church membership, is there one? Is there one? Thank you for tuning in today. We pray this message was a blessing to you. If it was, drop us an email at wesleyonmain at yahoo.com. That's wesleyonmain at yahoo.com to let us know how this message has touched your life. Until next time, God bless you.